We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome to RotoWire's Wednesday NBA DFS podcast, sponsored by FanDuel. I'm Joe Bartle, and joined alongside me, as always, is Ben Miller. Ben, I have to be honest with you and the American public and everyone else that's listening to this. Maybe there's a Canadian listener or two, so I don't yeah, want probably to just, at least, at least just completely uh, throw those guys off as well. But I lied to all of you. I said last Wednesday we'd be coming back bright and early Monday, talking some <laughs> NBA DFS. That I was going to be in Dallas. I'm sorry, in New Orleans for an esports event. I was going to get back and be able to do this podcast and talk about all this lovely DFS stuff, and then I got delayed at least two hours flight-wise Monday, and we were not able to do that. So I have to, I right, lied, right. and I, I apologize to everyone right now. This is not the Monday NBA DFS <laughs> podcast like we had planned and like I talked about. This is, in fact, the Wednesday NBA DFS podcast. So, Ben, I'll, I'll formally apologize to you here, too, on the airways. I, I'm sorry. I think I think I can get over it. It's going to be tough. Um, I was really, really looking forward to that Monday uh, podcast put in so much work beforehand. I you're, lying. So, you're lying. You're right. You're, you're right. lying. I didn't, I didn't do much. I didn't do much. <laughs> well, you know what? We'll make up for it because we will be back Friday to talk some NBA DFS. Of course, DJ, Shannon, and Ken do a great job doing the NBA podcast on Fridays as well. They talk about season-long questions, but of course, they toss in DFS too. So it will be a double-decker of DFS podcasts with the Ben and Joe show transitioning to a Friday-only deal for this week based on my traveling snafu. So yeah, I think it's like a good seven game slate. So nothing too bad there. Mark I'm, that I'm down. Excited. Mark that down on your calendars that we'll be making a Friday <laughs> spot. That Friday debut. Friday debut. Yeah, it'll be it'll be an interesting show if nothing else. Uh, let's get to Wednesday's ten game slate though. There's a lot of different players. I feel like a variety of different positions you can go with. You have salary break guys. You have some people that are maybe not priced aggressively like we've seen in the past for FanDuel. There's other people that are coming off of injury, and there are other people that are going to be on injury, opening up some doors. 
But I think the biggest and most important takeaway for Wednesday's 10-game slate is what you want to do with the Pelicans and Hawks game. Of course, Anthony Davis has been on an unbelievable surge lately. I think he's gotten 70 Fanduel points in each of the last two games. The Pelicans are going to be playing their third game in the last four days. Anthony Davis is 11700 on Wednesday's slate. That's the third highest priced player. Cousins is 11900 That's the second highest priced player right, on Wednesday's right. slate. Of course, we know how great those guys are going to be. Yeah. And we also know the Hawks' defense is dreadful at stopping the big guys, particularly at center spot. But what I, I have a hard time rolling with Anthony Davis, given all his injury concerns and how he's burned both of us in the past or right, doing right. this podcast this year. But then there's Cousins, as high-priced as he is, too. It's it's tough for me to stomach some of that stuff. I think this matchup in particular is going to be a differentiate for a lot of different lineups. Yeah, I think I think you're right. I think um, because of how you know how poor you know the Hawks play you know defense against big men, you have to immediately look and say, "Oh my, uh, Anthony Davis and Demarcus Cousins." Those those are two guys I definitely have to consider. I think on any given slate, when you see the Hawks, you, you usually look at the opposing center and be like, "Okay, I got to at least consider this guy." Um, for me, though, I, I think I think you were kind of leaning towards that as well. I, I don't know if I really love Davis. That's kind of an always thing for me. You know, he's he's proven me wrong countless times already this season just because of how well he's played. I think he's missed less games than guys like Harden and um, a ton of other you know big name players. So I, I can't I can't hit on him too much there. But um, still, I don't like he's an injury risk. You, you said they played a ton of games recently. Yeah, three in the last four, and of course the, uh, the last two were in overtime as well. So that's right. additional minutes that are going on. Anthony Davis is already fragile body too. Right, I don't love that, and I think there is even maybe a couple other expensive guys over ten thousand that I like a little better, like a Kevin Durant. Um, so I don't feel like you need to play um, Cousins or or Davis. And I actually for this game specifically, I almost like some of these mid tier guys a little better rather Who's than the hanging up. Who's the name that we're looking at? And like, it's not just you and me. I went and read uh, ESPN's Daily Fantasy one as well. Andre Stallings is a friend of Rotoway, a friend of myself personally, and I like reading his stuff. Yeah. And he was all on board this name, but I'll let you go ahead and say it first since I read it first for your account. Do you like Dennis Schroeder? Yes. Um, he's played extremely well of late and. You know, obviously the Pelicans give up a ton, a ton of points to to you know point guards. I think it's the second most um, for the whole season. Um, love that play, and even Drew Holiday on the other side is is a guy I'm considering as well at that mid you know seven thousand seventy five hundred dollars. That's price. an interesting name, Drew Holiday. I didn't think about that as well. But going back to Schroeder, and we'll talk about it. And I'm sure you're going to hear about it a lot if you're listening to other airways, getting ready for your DFS lineup. Again, the Pelicans have played three games in the last four days, of which two of those were in overtime. The traveling that goes along with all that, I have to imagine they're going to be tough. They're going to be allowing a lot of scoring points. Last Wednesday, I talked about how Chris Dunn was a fantastic option right around this price at the 7800 market at the point guard spot, and he was able to return five times the value. I'll be stunned if Schroeder does not get to that point. So we're talking about 40 Fanduel points. I think that's not even just realistic. I'm expecting him to do that. Right, I think right. that he'll probably be a chalky play, but there's good reason for it. And you can find differentiating places in your lap elsewhere. I'm thinking at the shooting guard spot, there's a lot of different cheaper small forward options, too, that you can find. I think you have to put him in there. I think you're going to have to use that 7800 on him. And really, you can go a variety of different directions at your other point guard spot, whether you want to do a Steph Curry, whether you want to pay up for a John Wall. Those are interesting options. But your lineup has to begin or end or both with that shooter. <laughs> right, right. And over the last five, looks like he's had over 35 Fanduel points, four out of five of those games. And in the last two, he had 40 and 54. So that's that's the kind of upside you're getting there. 
I think that's that's going to be your key takeaway for Wednesday's 10-game slate. Before we start breaking down the games individually as far as the injuries go, I do want to remind everyone that the Rotowire NBA Slack channel is live, and it's open to all Rotowire subscribers. All I have to do is email support at rotowire.com. It's grown substantially since we really talked about this the last two weeks. Yeah, I haven't been able to be able to you know mess around in there a little bit lately because I've been busy doing other work stuff, but... I, Every time I go in there, we have conversations. There's about 14 different players that I'm like, oh, I didn't think about that guy. He's a fantastic option to use and opens up my mind for a lot of different areas and a lot of different expertise. Of course, this isn't just the RotoWare experts that are in there like Ben and myself, but there are other guy, other users as well that are just commenting. It's really an open forum for us to talk about DFS and any questions or support questions and things that we have. I, I think it's a really neat avenue that we're going down right now. Yeah, it's super, super clutch to have when it's, you know, about half hour before tip and you just want to, you know, bounce around some some last second ideas and everyone kind of chips in and says, you know, if they if they like the pick or if there's something better. So I think it's a great, great, you know, um, thing to have and, and it really helps out with that, with that last second lineup switches. Absolutely. And speaking of last minute lineup switches, we will be tweeting our, our lineups like we do always uh, closer to the 7 o'clock Eastern time tip off. You can follow me at JB fantasy sports and ben you can give me at ben man doing work. that's still the best twitter handle at rotoware let's get into wednesday's 10 game slate and talk about some of these games individually starting first with the wizards and hornets a seven o'clock eastern time tip-off markeith morris is a game time decision with the ankle injury frank kaminsky's probable with the ankle but cody zeller is going to be out with the knee injury opens up a little bit more minutes for kaminsky but i'm not sure i really want to target march and gortat as a guy that you know i'm going to get a secondary center in there for especially with the cheaper options available on this slate yeah not a whole lot i really like about that that hornet side there i mean if kaminsky did sit out maybe like a marvin williams you know playing a probably like 35 plus minutes i, I can consider that um but yeah not a whole lot i, I really love there and if markeith morris sits out I think that'd be Otto Porter switching over to, to power forward and probably some Kelly Oubre starting as a uh, small forward. Um, and Oubre is always a guy you can, you can consider who's fairly cheap, but um, not a whole whole lot of, um, overly excited about in that game. It's worth pointing out that the Hornets in the last five games have allowed the fourth highest Fandle points to the point guard spot. So this brings up John Wall, who's 10,100, one of the 10,000 options available on Wednesday slate. I think it's okay. I think if you're paying up for a shooter, you're going to have a really tough time getting a secondary point guard in there and a different position of strength, whether it be power forward, center, small forward, what have you. So it's tough. I I think there's not going to be a lot of people on that game, and I could see it being a bit more high scoring than a lot of people are anticipating. Yeah. But 10,100, I think I'm going to probably end up staying away. Or I would rather go with Steph Curry, who's 300 less, but going against the Bulls, who we know historically have been really bad this season stopping the point guards. Exactly. I think there's a couple other you know more expensive point guards, or even middle tier that I like better exactly. than Wall. Uh, we already talked about the Pelicans-Hawks. They are, of course, tipping off at 7.30 Eastern time tip-off. Uh, Spurs-Nets, big injury that kind of just came out that really, I think the writing was on the wall. Is quiet. Leonard will be out indefinitely with that thigh injury that he's been going on. Right, is the thigh injury? I feel like I've been reading Groin, different reports. something like that, yeah. Yes. Somewhere in the leg region, <laughs> Kawhi Leonard is suffering, and he's been suffering for a long time. So right. again, he'll be out indefinitely. Welcome to the stage, Kyle Anderson. You've been starting for what feels like the majority of the season, and you are somehow, thankfully, under 5K at the small forward spot. You are in my lineup going against the Nets, of course, 7.30 Eastern time tip-off. Paul Gasol also going to be in the Spurs lineup, probably not going to be in my lineup. He's expected to play with this the wrist injury that he sprained last few games. Uh, Man, Ginobili going to be out. Rudy Gay out against that more more Kyle Anderson and D'Angelo Russell is out, but he's expecting to return. I 
don't know about Friday, but certainly this time next week we might be able to have a conversation about Russell and DFS lineups. Yeah, there's a couple intriguing guys there with the, the Spurs injuries for me. Um, one, like you said, Kyle Anderson. I think with Ginobili out as well, he kind of has to play like 35 minutes. Um, I don't see Anderson being a guy that gets 40 FanDuel points or anything no. like that. He's, he's a max like 30-32 type of guy, um, which is okay. Um, I think Davis Bertans is actually somewhat intriguing. He's played 24 and 23 minutes the last two times out. Um, so without Leonard or Ginobili, I think that's even more minutes for him at power forward, small forward. He's only 3,700. I think about four games back, he had 38 FanDuel points. So like that's his top, top value. Obviously, I don't expect him to get that. But I could see him getting in like 25 to 30. Um, maybe but probably stick around 25. Um, but for a $3,700 price, I could see that being somewhat intriguing as one of those extremely cheap guys, if a punt play at, at best. There's a smorgasbord, and I love saying that word, but it really applies in this situation. A smorgasbord of small forward options, 53 and under, that you can shrug your shoulders and be like, yeah, okay, I can see that working. Etwan Moore being one of the guys for the Pelicans, 5,300. Uh, I think last Wednesday he had a really big game as well, but we talked already about how that is going to be a high-scoring affair, probably on both sides of things, and I think even defensively he could take advantage of some of those miscues and get those steals that we are always looking forward to. Tomorrow, Carroll, I like quite a bit on the opposite side of things. Going with the Nets, I think the last three games he's gotten at least 30 Fandle points. Again, this is going as the Spurs, so maybe that doesn't happen, but 31, 35, and 38, and he's only played around 30 minutes since returning from that injury. So he's a guy at 5,000 alike. Kyle Anderson, 4,900. Michael Kidd-Kilchrist, 4,900 too. Interesting names. And you already mentioned Kelly Oubre too that could yeah, be filling yeah. in the small forward spot. Those That's five guys. That's five guys. We're not even talking about a 4,000 player that I really kind of like at the small forward spot too who could be seeing extended minutes given the injuries. So this is a position where we talk about Kevin Durant as the highest small forward. I'm sorry, Giannis Antetokounmpo, 11,600 is the highest small forward, and then Kevin Durant at 10,600. And then you go down to Paul George, who could be playing an interesting sort of rivalry game against the Lakers. Those are your top three options, and we're all the way down to 6,600 of of the people that are healthy. Yeah, yeah, for me, the small forward spot's either top or bottom. Exactly. I'm I'm not, yeah, it's not the mid-tier type of of spot. I like that for for point guard. Um, But yeah, small forward, it's either you're grabbing Kevin Durant, or I mean, you can grab Kevin Durant and a cheap guy, but... Um, yeah, it's it's top heavy and it's bottom heavy. No, nothing in between. I said Adanto Kumbo and it's Adanto Kumbo. I don't even know why I said that wrong the first time, but I've really been practicing <laughs> this given I have to do this announcing thing. And you just, again, the rule is you say the name as fast as you possibly can so no one can really correct you on it. But I did want to correct myself in that case. I agree with you, though. You were either paying up all the way, and I'm not going Giannis, but maybe Kevin Durant, I can see it again, going against the yeah. Bulls. Or you're going down to this 5,000, 4,000 range, and you're slumming it with all those people. There's a wide variety, a swath of small forwards you can use. And I don't really feel like there's anyone wrong. I think the wrong choice would be a guy like Paul George. That's that's yeah. the area where it's wrong. I, I can see a little bit of interest because it's against the Lakers. And, of course, there are rumors that George could be joining the Lakers. So this is a bit of a prove-it game. The Lakers allow a ton of points at the small forward spot. I, I think it's a mistake to try and find an 8,300 player when there are so many other guys, 3,000 or less, that are available to use. Right, yep, yep, I agree completely. Let's go over to the Pistons-Raptors game. I just teased earlier that there's a small fort under or around 4,000 that I liked, and that's in large part because Avery Bradley was unable to practice Tuesday, but quote-unquote, he will try to play for the Pistons. Stanley Johnson was a non—he was not participant in the shoot-around Wednesday, so with the hip injury. And then Luke Kennard, again, is another quote-unquote, will try to play. Those three guys, whether or not they play, I think this opens the door for Reggie Bullock to maybe get some more minutes. He's at 4000 on uh, on, on FanDuel as far as his price tag goes. 
he is a small forward option. Of course, Langston Galloway could see a bit more minutes, but he's kind of been a non-factor. Reggie Bullock has been picking up a bit more interest. I know the Raptors are about middle of the pack in terms of allowing scoring to just about every position, so he's not going to be getting a ton. He's not going to get 40 Fanduel points, certainly not that, but I could easily see a situation where he gets 25, 28, especially if he's going to be playing as many minutes as I'm anticipating he has to play. There's just I don't I don't like this this will try to play crap. I don't I don't know what that means, you know. It's just it scares me. It scares me on how much minutes anyone in that situation is going to get. I just don't like it. I can't I can't pick Bullock for it. Um I get the I get the reasoning though. Like he's probably going to play 35 minutes. It looks like the last two times out he played 35 minutes. So he's getting a ton of minutes either way. Um and they get 34 Fanduel points last game, but then he only had He had a stinker before that. He had teens the last like four or five. I think he's a that. really really good tournament play. I think he's a really good tournament play, and he gives your lineup just a little bit of upside, but a bit of safer upside, and it's a weird concept to have. But when you're getting around 30 to 35 minutes, and again, if Avery Bradley comes back, if Kennard gets comes back, I still think he plays 30 minutes. He gives you a bit more upside, and I anticipate those guys are going to be limited scoring. So Bullock might have to be, provide a little bit more of that. He doesn't give you a lot rebound-wise, doesn't right. give you a lot anywhere else. The scoring's where he's going to have to get the majority of the points, but I'm expecting just a little bit of the outside stuff where he gets the five times the value at a really cheap alternative for a small forward spot if you don't want to use those 5,300 to 4,800 guys that we mentioned earlier. Right, and at 4,000, I, I get the, the appeal there. The Warriors-Bulls, 8 o'clock Eastern time tip-off. Andre Iguodala will be out with the calf injury, so more Patrick McCall or Omri Cass. Aspie. Draymond Green, a bit more interesting name that was ruled out with a shoulder injury. Hello, Jordan Bell, and even more Omri Cass potentially. Are you in on Jordan Bell, or is he priced a little bit too high for you, given we don't know what he'll get, and we don't know what the Warriors are going to give you, given it's the Bulls? Yeah, this is this is actually kind of a tough one for me. I, I looked at this earlier and, and considered it. Jordan Bell started the last game for the, um, the Warriors because they want to go small against the Cavs. He only played 14 minutes. Um, even when he starts, I, I don't think he plays like huge minutes it's like lower 20s usually um i mean he's had he's had a few big ones had a 41 point you know fanduel outing a 43 so i mean the upside's there um i still don't i don't necessarily like it it's 4300 that's it's a decent price I, I think there's better better stuff elsewhere it was a month ago a month ago like christmas time when Jordan Bell was priced in the 50 5500 6000 range and he was getting 30 to 25 fanduel points a night we have seen maybe two or three weeks now where he's not that player. And I, I think Jordan Bell's actually really good having watched him play a couple of times yeah, yeah. on primetime games. I really think he's a good player. I really think it's a situation where they're just using different rotation players and, and Steve Kerr's trying to get that Warriors team comfortable in all situations. This is also a situation where I think the Warriors could potentially blow out the Bulls. And even with a guy like Jordan Bell who has him getting a lot of minutes, I might want to steer away from him and maybe steer away entirely. I, I, like I mentioned, Steph Curry earlier is a guy I like potentially Kevin Durant potentially is a guy I like too but I think there's some real blow up potential in this game and I'm I'm just a little hesitant to use anybody particularly the power forward that has not done very well lately to say the least yeah I think guys right around him that I even may like better is like a Marvin Williams or a Kelly Olenek you know those guys are right right there you know within 300 um, dollars so I I get it if you if you absolutely need a cheap power forward go ahead and roll them out but it's not my favorite play and I'd rather rather you know shift elsewhere Moving over to the next Grizzlies, 8 o'clock Eastern Time tip-off. Tim Hardaway is returning. This will be his third game back from a leg injury. The previous two, he's played around 30 minutes and gotten close to 20 points. So that's an interesting name if you want to use a bit of a tournament play, expecting injuries. You know, I know going back to your kind of your credence, just not not use people coming off of injuries, but this <laughs> might be one of the situations where you feel comfortable with it. 
except it's the Grizzlies, and the Grizzlies are still pretty slow-paced, are not allowing last scoring. I'm staying away from Tim Hardaway, despite the fact that he will be playing in this game. James Ennis is a game from decision, so if he's out, more Dylan Brooks. Carson, or Carson, Chandler Parsons is going to be out with a knee injury, so Jarrell Martin, Dylan Brooks still. And then Marcus Saul, an interesting name, is listed as questionable with an illness. I don't know. I, I, even if he plays, I'm not really going to be utilizing him, but I don't know if he would have been a guy that, even if healthy, I would I wanted to try to use either. No, he's he's usually pretty expensive um, for me. Uh, I don't. I just don't like him unless he has a good matchup. It's just not right. a situation I, yeah, I just where don't it like using for me that much. If he does sit out, I think with Parsons already out, Jarrell Martin is somewhat intriguing. Um, I know Martin was already picking up time um, because of Chandler's absence, and he's only thirty six hundred near minimum price guy. Um, had a couple twenty point games, you know, a, a while back, but it's been pretty pretty substandard before that. So I don't know. As, as a whole, I'm probably trying to avoid the Grizzlies yeah. unless it's Tyreek Evans. I agree with you. Gasol was it was listed at 8,500 currently for Wednesday's 10 game slate. He had a 33 point game against the Lakers last time around, but prior to that, he had three straight double double games in which he scored over 40 Fanduel points. So the the promises there, I understand why. I don't know if this is the one I'm going to go with, given all the bruisers that the Knicks have in the slower pace. This is just not a game, especially with him being ill. Even if he plays, I'm not going that direction. Right, right. Moving over to the Lakers, Thunder, 8 o'clock Eastern time tip-off. Larry Nance will play. Julius Randle and Kyle Kuzma have been benefiting with him out. I think that's one to note because Kuzma is now kind of advanced to the 6000 range price-wise. I, we didn't know this right before, or we, where we entered this information right before we got on the air, so I think I'll be changing my lineup given this information. Will you be moving your lineup around to get rid of maybe Kyle Kuzma, who was doing very well with Lance out, or Nance, Nance out, I should say? I don't mind. I, I think I think Kuzma's still a fine play. I think Nance's, I think he might have even suffered the injury in the last game, so I don't think he's actually missed his time. Oh, okay. So I think, I mean, with Kuzma's previous numbers, 36, 35, 29 FanDuel points the last three, that's still pretty solid. Um, obviously, his price is kicking up there a bit, so you kind of need thirty to to hit value at a six thousand dollars price. Um, I still like it. I think it's a fine play uh, if you're trying to hit that mid tier ish, lower tier ish guys. Um, I think Kuzma's definitely someone to consider at that that power forward spot. Lonzo Ball is out. I saw a stat on Sports Center that the Lakers are zero and seven when Lonzo Ball has not been playing, which is surprising to me because I think the storyline in the beginning, for the most part, besides his dad, is that Ball has been a net negative for the most part, for his team. So it was give, I was a little surprised to see him, or the Lakers not do very well with he's out. Tyler Ennis is going to be starting potentially in his place, or more Jordan Clarkson. Both these guys are interesting names, I think, given we're going against the Thunder. I know Russell Westbrook is a god, and he is the highest-priced player on Wednesday's slate at 12000 By the way, I'm not going there. I think if he got down to 11000 I might consider it, but right, I'm not right. touching a 12000 price no. player, especially going against the Lakers. But on the other side of things, is Tyler Ennis a name that you might be interested in if you're going for a salary break point guard? Not Tyler Ennis. I could see Clarkson, maybe. I mean, Clarkson's only 3900 He's had a couple... You know, 26, 30 point, you know, Fandle outing. So I, I get the upside ish there. Um, Ennis, he started the last game. I think he only had like 15 mm-hmm. Fandle points or something like that. I just, he doesn't have the the 30 Fandle point ability that you're looking for um, at that at that price. Um, so yeah, if, if anything, I'd use Clarkson at that, you know, for a guy who's filling in. Brandon Ingram will play with the ankle injury, so that means Josh Hart's going back down to the bench. On the Thunder side of things, Andre Andre Roberson is going to be a game-time decision with his knee injury. If he's out, that means more Terrence Ferguson, Josh Hoistis, but, yeah, you know, those aren't really DFS assets really anyway. No, no, Ferguson I think has been starting the last, like, five or six and just really hasn't had too many fantastic showings. So, yeah, I'm not, I'm not on board with that. 
over to the Heat and Bucks, 8 o'clock Eastern time tip-off. We know Tyler Johnson will be out with the ankle injury, so more minutes for Wayne Ellington. Josh Richardson, Justice Winslow could even pick up some more time as well. Rodney McCruder, Okara White still out. Dion Waiters is, of course, done for the season with an ankle injury, and there's nothing really to note yet for the Bucks. Of course, we're waiting the return of Jabari Parker, which sounds like it's it's getting close, but we haven't quite gotten there. I'll ask you this. Wayne Ellington, we talked about him before we got on the air. He's still priced under 5000 Is he an interesting name against the Bucks this time around? I'd like him if he was like 4300 I still think he has some validity. I, I've considered playing him definitely. Um, he's, he's a scorer, and that's what he does. He scores. Um, you're not going to get a ton of stuff uh, you know, outside of that. Um, I could see. I, I definitely think it's a, a, a solid play. But there's actually a couple different guys on the Heat that I like better. Obviously, Goran Dragic, who's more expensive. I, I like him better. Um, he's just like a safe... 30 Fanduel, no matter what, he's going to get more than 30 Fanduel points. He's going to have 35. Um, I really like, as, as someone that's cheaper on this, is actually Justice Winslow. I think with with Tyler Johnson out as well, they're going to shift um, Josh Richardson over to shooting guard a little bit more, and I think that's going to open small forward minutes for for Winslow. Winslow's only 3,800, so that's like a, a near minimum price. Um, and he's only in his third game back. And I think the last few times he's played about 20 minutes. Um, but he still had like a, around 20 Fanduel points for that. So if, if he's getting up there in the 25 to 30 Fanduel point range, or th- uh, minutes range, 25 to 30 minutes range, I think Winslow is definitely one of my favorite cheaper guys on this slate. I recognize the potential that Winslow gives you, but the Bucks allow the third fewest Fanduel points overall a small forward spot this season. Now they've allowed a lot more lately, that being 48.4, which I think is about top 10-ish. Maybe I think it's number seven overall in Fanduel points. But they've been consistently pretty good throughout the season. I'm not, I'm not super high on Winslow. Even if he gets more minutes, I think that's one of those that it's a bit more of a reach than anything else. It really depends on the pace of the game. The Heat aren't exactly a fast-paced team, and neither are the Bucks. So to me, it's tough to envision a game where it gets to be 110, 105, which is where a Winslow price tag would be a bit more easier to not swallow because he's 3,800. Right. But it might be easier to find a way to put him in your lineup. I'm not going to go that direction as far as paying down. Just give me somebody $200 higher like Bullock or even $1,000 higher. And we can go through again through that whole smorgasbord of small forward options. I, right, I'm right. not I'm not touching Winslow, I think, in this game. I still like it. I think, you know, he's 25. He's probably going to get about 25 minutes. And, and he's a guy that can do a little bit of everything. I think it's fine play at 3,800. Um, I'm still rolling with it, but I could definitely see why you might not. Going over to the Jazz, Kings skipping all the way over to the 10 o'clock Eastern time tip-off for this game. Rudy Gobert, we know, is going to still be out with that knee injury. Cephalosha is also done for the season, so that's Morionis Jarepko, uh, esports connoisseur and owner of a team as well. Just have to mention that. In there. <laughs> uh, on the Kings side of things, Scal Abbasir is going to be a game-time decision with his shoulder injury. And as we continue on with the Kings season, that is always not very good, but somehow better than we thought. We're expected to rest a few more veterans every game moving forward, so maybe his guy like Zach Randolph, George Hill, is going to start seeing Vince a little Carter, bit more, yeah. Maybe seeing we've seen a little more games where they're out. Yeah, and that's that's it. Just makes that situation even worse than it already was. Yes, you know, that's the the rotation there was always tough to, to predict and figure out who is getting the minutes, and it's it's an ugly situation. You know, it, we don't know. I think the the last time out the Kings played, Zach Randolph was you know held out without even a warning. The Kings didn't even announce it; they just held him out for rest. So that's that's going to be a really tough situation for DFS purposes moving forward especially cuz the Kings are always on the late game so we're not we're not getting that news out right away exactly and and of course <laughs> I mean, like, it's the Jazz Kings. This is not a game that you really want to be targeting anyway. We always joke about letting your money on fire. This is one of those situations that if you're investing heavily in a Jazz Kings game, unless it's the late night game, 
uh, yeah, you're you're kind of lighting right. your money on fire in this case, even <laughs> without the all the injuries, knowing who's playing and who's not going to play. Ten, uh, the last game on Wednesday's ten game slate: Nuggets, Clippers, ten thirty Eastern time tip off. No real injuries to note for the Nuggets. However, the Clippers, of course, have a, a charade of different injuries. C.J. Williams, game time decision. DeAndre Jordan is already out. Willie Reed is going to start again, but Montrezl Harrell has kind of developed into that guy that they use quite a bit. Kalinari is going to be out. Austin Rivers, when he's not fighting people on the bench, of course, he's still going to be out. Milos Teodosic is going to be playing, though, and I have a feeling that might not be a bad guy if you want to do a, a price break sort of point guard at 5000 He is in my lineup, but I feel good enough given the Nuggets and their defense struggles that Teodosic is going to be an interesting name, if nothing else. Yeah, he's only 5100 so that's that's a fairly decent price for a guy who's going to have definitely increased usage with the, you know without all those guys. Right, though. all those guys there. Um, at the center spot, there's, that's a little questionable. Um, I got Willie Reed in my lineup. I'm not enthused about it. Um, he's only 40, he's 4,200. Um, the last time out, he only played like 10 minutes, um, which is not what you're looking no, for. No, not at all. Um, but the game prior to that, he played 26 minutes and had 44 Fanduel points. So it's a risky play. It's a tournament play. Um, but I'm not. I'm not playing Montrezl Harrell, who's six thousand on the other side. It's going to be Reed and Harrell who who pick up the. See, DeAndre I think Jordan's Harrell's minutes. actually the more safer one. Like I, I feel a bit more confident he's using safer. him. He doesn't have the upside for his price, is what I'm thinking, because he's, yeah. he's six thousand and he's probably not going to get more than thirty to thirty-five fans. I don't think Reed has the upside. Like, forget the. I recognize for the price. His price. I no, does. I get that. But you're also having to take into account that we're playing on Fanduel, and yeah. that now limits your opportunity to be able to use Demarcus Cousins in a lineup or anybody else for that matter. A guy that might be a higher price that you could fall in love with, like a, uh, you know, even a Jokic on the other side of things in this deal. I'm not going to go ahead with Willie Reed unless I know for certain he's playing 30 minutes a night. Right, right. And that's, if not, I'm just going to go with the, the sure thing that isn't DeMarcus Cousins or Anthony Davis, which isn't a sure thing given his injuries. But right. talking about center spot, Willie Reed, of course, is listed on the center spot on FanDuel. So again, limits your opportunities to be able to use multiple of those players. I mean, he's certainly just a, a risky tournament play, and that's kind of what I'm on him for. But yeah, I, I definitely get the... Uh, to hold back there just because of you know how bad that previous game was. Exactly. Well, before we get to the Rotoware Optimizer lineup and who some players it suggests, and I'll give you a hint, it is a 10,000-plus place prayer, and it is going to be at the point guard spot. You can guess who it might be. But before we get to that, we know how frustrating it could be to play in DFS tournaments only to be dominated week in and week out by the Sharks and pro players. Did you know 91% of the money is won by 1% of the players? Well, now finally, we found a new daily fantasy game where you actually have a chance to win. With DraftEasy's Rapid Fire game, all you do is pick which player in five two-player matchups you think will score the most fantasy points. Get four out of the five picks right and triple your money. It's that draft easy. No salary caps, no math, no competition, just you against the house. Sign up at DraftEasy.com now with promo code ROTOWIRE and get a free shot at $50. And check this out. For ROTOWIRE users, get at least one pick right and score $20 free. And for January, DraftEasy has a crazy deposit match bonus with no drip up to $100. Go now to DraftEasy.com. Fantasy sports made easy. All right, let's get to that ROTOWIRE optimizer lineup. I teased who the 10000 price player would be. Russell Westbrook is part of that Rotoware Optimizer lineup, sitting at the highest price tag of anyone on Wednesday's 10 game slate at 12,000 against the Lakers. Ricky Rubio is also on that list, a guy that we didn't really talk about at all. Against the Kings and whoever they might start at point guard for 5,200. Jeremy Lamb at 4,500. And Josh Hart, who, uh, well, that's going to be a bad play given who we know is all playing for the Lakers. He's available at 3,500. And of course, we have Kawhi Leonard, who at the time wasn't active, or I'm sorry, was active, and we now know is not active. So, 
frankly, this is, might be just scratch altogether, and we can just see what else we get later on. But this is exactly why you can go ahead and use the RotoWire Optimizer features where you can exit out players that are available or aren't available. The Optimizer did like Paul George at 8,300 against the Lakers. Blake Griffin, an interesting name as well, 8,700 against the Nuggets. Kelly Olynyk at 4,400 against the Bucks, And Willie Reed rounds out the, well, really... Not so great Roto Optimizer lineup. I'd be curious to see, honestly, what the Optimizer lineup would be if everyone's active. Because, of course, we don't want to have a Josh Hart in there when we know the Lakers are going to be there. And we don't want to know Kawhi Leonard when he's out, too. Yeah, so I did refresh it. looks like they're sticking with Westbrook Rubio. So that's their, okay. so their top two point guards. Um, at shooting guard, it's going to be Justin Holiday um, against the Warriors. 5,200, Danny Green. That um, Justin Holiday is an interesting one because I was looking over some point guard options. And the Warriors actually, surprisingly, for whatever reason, allow a ton of points to the shooting guard spot. And I couldn't really tell you why. I think Clay, Def- Clay Thompson's a, a really good defender. I think Steph Curry, for the most part, when he's out there, does his job too. Yeah. And there's Andre Godal and Kevin Durant as well. I was stunned to see them allowing so many points to the shooting guard spot. Yeah, he had a 37.8 Vandal you know, outing the last time out and a 31 a couple times back. So 5,200, that's a that's solid a, price. That's okay. Um, I, don't, I don't mind that at all. That's a double-up play, if anything else, though, yeah, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. Um, so moving on from that, Danny Green, like I said, they're sticking with Paul George in there. Um, without Kawhi, they're going Kyle Anderson, so kind of the fill-in there. Um, they're actually pivoting from Griffin to Anthony Davis, um, so going with Davis's recent, you know, surge. I like that move more. So I, yeah. Blake Griffin's still kind of coming back off that injury. I'd rather go with a guy that's sure thing-ish, and I'll put sure thing in quotes verbally. I can't do it. I, I like Griffin just because of without DeAndre Jordan, I think there's going to be more boards available for him. So I think that could kind of you know. Boost and he's his still a facilitator there. on that yeah. offense against the Nuggets team that you know for the most part is not the greatest defending team in the world. So I, I right. can understand it given he's under nine K, but I'm I would rather go Anthony Davis. I'm going to go up at a point guard or yeah. power forward spot. Okay, and then the uh, the lineup finishes with Jordan Bell, who, like we said, is is starting for for Draymond Green, and then Willie Reed is still in there. In so the Willie Reed's well. still in there, yeah. yeah. And I can understand that. I think Willie Reed ends up being the tournament play, but it just makes it so you can't use DeMarcus Cousins if you're playing on FanDuel, and I think I would rather have that option, if nothing else. Even if I want to not go the Cousins route, and I go a different higher price center, which you could do, I think it's a solid tournament strategy, if nothing else, because nobody else will be going there. <laughs> I don't know. I... I I think it's Willie Reed, it feels like, or DeMarcus Cousins, and maybe there's some room for the in-betweens out there. I'm still I'm still kind of off, you know, the, the Davis-Cousins train, so I get it. I think Kevin Durant and, and Westbrook are guys I'd rather pay up for. Not even Westbrook, but but Durant, maybe even Giannis. Um, yeah, I, I'm still completely fine with Reed. I, I think it's a, it's a fine tournament play. Well, let's get to our lineups, and again, we always like to run through our lineup individually first, and we kind of touch on some players that we haven't already during the individual matchups per team. So, Ben, I'll let you go through some of your names first, since for the most part, we've kind of talked about these guys already. Okay, so point guard, I'm going Dennis Schroeder against the Pelicans, 7,800. Goran Dragic against the Bucks, 7,100. I'm going Drew Holiday um, at uh, shooting guard against the Hawks, um, 7,800. Then Zach Levine is... My my risky questionable play in here against the Warriors. He's only forty one hundred though. Um, Kevin Durant against the Bulls ten thousand six hundred. Justice Winslow is that cheap guy I mentioned thirty eight hundred against the Bucks. Blake Griffin against the Nuggets eighty seven hundred. Kyle Kuzma, Kuzma, not sure which way against the Thunder fifty nine hundred, and then Willie Reed against the Nuggets forty two hundred. Well, a couple of things when I look in your line. First off, I have an easy W right away. That's what I feel good about. <laughs> I've, I've won a couple now in a row. I forgot the side bet that we did on Wednesday. You know, I really we really should start writing these side bets down. I think it was something about whether Jokic or Andre oh, Drummond yeah. scores more points, and I couldn't tell you who did. I know that Drummond was a, an absolute monster. But Jokic game. scored around forty five. 
I think Drummond had like 60 or 70. All right. Like I don't feel 40, like anyone really lost that one. I know that Drummond did <laughs> I know better. I won that one. Yeah, you won it, but no one lost it, if that makes sense. <laughs> true, true. So I feel good enough about my Jokic play. I feel really good looking at your lineup, and I, I know I'm going to win mine, but I will want to point out this one player, and you know exactly who it is because yeah. you'd be pointing out right when you were just right, reading right. it off. This goes against literally everything that you are about when it comes to DFS. Why in God's green earth are you using Zach Levine? Coming off a serious injury, and he's only played two games. Two games, right? He's been he's been on a twenty minute, you know, a pretty pretty hefty twenty minute restriction. So he hasn't played more than that. I saw I saw some tweets there mentioning he says he's hundred percent. I, I could see him playing twenty five minutes, twenty eight. Um, dude, he had thirty six point five Fanduel points when he played twenty minutes the last time out. At forty, what is he forty one hundred? That alone is is hitting well past value. If he actually gets 25 minutes i think this is a great tournament play i agree with you because he's actually in my lineup too but i just want to point out <laughs> i just want to point out how weird it is to see it in your lineup i right, did not right. look at your lineup prior to setting mine so i was stunned to see you in there i was preparing this whole speech about how i know zach levine's not going to be a great play overall <laughs> and that you're going to hate it and then you're reading it off i'm like oh all right well good yeah this works out this goes back to my point though i mentioned with justin holiday again the warriors allow a lot of points surprisingly that shooting guard spot and they've had clay thompson there for most of the time so it's not as if he's the reason why that him coming back to the lineup is going to change things. I really do feel good about that. Whether he plays 20 or 25 minutes, you're only asking him to get 20 Fanduel points to get that five times the value that you're looking for. Right, right. And to me, that feels like easy money, whether it be the Warriors defense that struggles against the shooting guard spot or his scoring abilities and what he means to that Bulls offense. I feel really good about using him at 4,100. I'm not worried about, about the mints that he's going to get. I think it's just going to be a gradual thing. And I can't wait till we add another 7,000-plus uh, shooting guard option to the plethora of guys that we already have because that's what Levine's going to be in, in a really soon amount of time. <laughs> let's hear it. Uh, let's go ahead and my lineup here. I'm looking at Milo Teodosic at point guard at 5,100. I think, again, going against the Nuggets, that's about as safe as bet as you're going to get it by 25 points. And I think it's going to be up top on game. I don't know if he scores all that much, but I could really see a lot of situations where he gets the assists or Blake Griffin gets the assists, and that's going to be, then just works itself out. I feel good about getting 25 points with him. He's a bit more of a safer play. We've already talked a lot about Schroeder. He's 7,800 against the Pelicans. I think he is a must start in almost every lineup tonight. Levine, we already just talked about two against the Warriors, 4,100. Chris Middleton, though, I know that's a guy that you normally don't like. He's at a price where you normally don't like at 7,300, <laughs> and he's going against a team that you normally don't like in the Heat. So why am I using him? Well, just mainly to tease you with him, but also because the Heat, surprisingly, in the last five games have allowed, I think, a top 10 Fanduel points to the shooting guard spot. Middleton, last time he played the Heat, also scored 35 points. So it's not the five times the value that you're looking at. But I really feel potential-wise, it's easy enough for him to get to that point. They are, of course, missing a bunch of different people that could have really impacted defensively. I don't know. I, I think Giannis is going to have a part, but I think it's going to be Middleton more more so than anything else. It's going to be impactful if the Bucks are going to win that game. I, it's tough. I don't I, like you said. I just there's not a lot I like about it. Uh-huh, I know. I know. <laughs> the price is is up there. I'd like him maybe if he was like sixty five hundred. Um, little maybe 64, 63, keep dropping a little bit. <laughs> um, I don't, I don't, that's a tough one for me. I, I it's not my favorite play. Uh, Let's just that's, say that. that's okay. That's all right. Uh, I'm moving over to the small forward spot. Reggie Bullock is going to be in there right now in my lineup against the Raptors at 4,000. I don't feel great about it. I had $300 savings left in this lineup. And frankly, if there are any crazy injuries that happen, I think that Bullock gets switched out pretty quickly for the charade of, 
a 5,000 small forward guys. Anderson, we already talked about plenty at 4,900 is my other small forward. Kuzma, I have in my lineup at 5,900. I don't expect that to continue, though, um, depending on how everything shakes out come 7 o'clock Eastern time. LaMarcus Aldridge, we don't have a lot of time left in the podcast here, but I really do like him at 8,700 with Leonard out again. We've seen Aldridge just take a step up offensively for that team. And this feels about as sure money as it gets. I don't know why he's not closer to 94, 9,500. I suspect now with the Leonard news that maybe Aldridge's price does get to that point. But right now, 8,700, he's still a fantastic savings. Yeah. I, I, if Ever since Leonard got ruled out about an hour ago, it, that was the second I saw him. Michael, okay, get, get Leonard in your lineup. Like, that's that's almost one of those. Oh, well, get Aldridge in your lineup. Yeah, that's almost one of those must plays. Like, I, it's he's played so well without Leonard in the, in the and lineup. And it's the so. Nets, too, who yeah. aren't like screaming, right. stopping defensively. And I, I almost wonder if that might be a blowout game. And it was worth noting that I looked at trying to getting maybe a different Spurs point guard in there, given how bad the Nets struggled there. But. I could not figure out which one of those guys, whether it be Murray, Mills, or uh, Parker. Yeah, yeah, thank you, got uh, Tony Parker. Who was going to do it? And they're all under forty five hundred, but I, I could not find a way to get any of those guys in there. No, I, I yeah, that's always a situation I'm not a huge fan of, unless you have to plug Murray in with with um, Parker sitting out or something like that. But no, back to Aldridge though. I think that's that's a really good play. Rounding up my lineup is Demarcus Cousins, the second highest priced player on Wednesday's ten game slate against the Hawks, who of course. We talk about this all the time, and it's been true all the time. Really bad at stopping the center spot. <laughs> I feel good enough that he's going to do what he needs to do to get about five times the value for that. So uh, he's the play over Willie Reed, in my opinion. And I'm, I'm going to stick with that one, I think, for the most part. So that does it for Wednesday's 10-game uh, NBA DFS slate. Of course, if you enjoyed the podcast, please feel free to leave a ratings or review on iTunes or Stitcher. Ben and I will be tweeting out our official lamps close to the 7 o'clock Eastern time lock. And we will be back again for a special edition of the NBA DFS podcast Friday, doubling up on the awesome Shannon, Ken, and DJ podcast that already gets done. So double the NBA fun will be on Friday. Uh, we'll talk to you then, and peace out. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com